if my dad listened to this, it would break my heart. I'm Nikki Bond, and my absentee rock and roll dad has just recently come back into my life. So now I have to try and teach him how to be a father, because he has no clue. Hey guys, welcome back to Whoa, Still No Dad. That is the new name of the podcast. Whoa, Still No Dad here to do the actual podcast with me. With that being said, if this is your first time listening, please go back to episode one because normally my dad is here. I won't give that whole rant that I did last time, but I just want to reach out to the new listeners to let you know me and my dad are in a fight. So uh, this isn't normally how the podcast goes. Go to episode one, follow the journey. Now that that's done, I'll give you guys a little bit of an update. So me and my dad have been playing phone tag. Um, We haven't spoken yet, really. I say that because he called me when I was away on vacation and I didn't want to pick up. My boyfriend was like, you have to pick up. I was like, I don't want to pick up. I'm on vacation. I was hanging out with a friend I hadn't seen in like two and a half years. And I just didn't, I, I was like, this isn't the time. And he's like, yeah, but this is the window if he's reaching out now. And I was like, well, it's been a month and a half. This isn't a good window for me. I'm, this is the worst window to call me in. But anyways, with the peer pressure of fucking Matt, I went outside. I, I picked up and I immediately was like, I can't talk right now. I'm away and I'm doing shows. And my dad was like, his tone was totally normal. and was like, oh, what shows? Who? That's great. And we didn't really talk very much at all. It was like, honestly, a two minute conversation. I will say the one thing I do appreciate is that he was able to act normal and it not be awkward. I think that I'm used to having fights with like my girlfriends or Matt, my boyfriend, and then like there being tension and then you have to go through that long conversation to make it normal again. But he just like made it normal off the top. However, I did not. I was like, no, I'm not there yet. But I appreciate that it has been a little bit less dramatic. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm a nervous about reconnecting and having to have this conversation. And it really has been phone tag. It's been a week of us like trying each other and then not being around and all that kind of stuff. So I'll keep you posted. Still still some drama. Now let's continue on with the conversation that I'm having with the hilarious Emily Browning and her dad, who is a sex addict, pastor who's been arrested, and she has just decided to cut him off. If you missed the last episode, go back, check it out so you can understand what's going on and what brought her to where she is today. The father-daughter breakup. My dad, unfortunately, when a father loses his child's respect, there's not much power left. Mm. So because my dad, too, was removed from my day-to-day life, he didn't understand, like, when I started going to the movies without parents. He didn't understand, like when he found out that I like was dating somebody for the first time, he was not involved in any type of authority. He had no authority over me. 
He could not ground me. Right. He could not hit nothing. Right. So my mom was the one I was, you know, going out drinking, coming home at two. My mom has to deal with my shit. Right? right. I'm screaming at my mom. I'm my mom's the one dealing with like all my like rebellious nature and my attitude problems. My dad's getting this like really, really sweetened version of me as we eat sushi for an hour and a half. And I'm just counting down the moments until I can leave. Wow. So my dad is always like, it's so tragic. Like he just breaks my, he's so disconnected from himself yeah. that he cannot connect to other people. Yeah. And so that's why some days my dad have really, my dad and I have really good days. We'll, we'll get a really good meal down by the beach and we'll go for a walk and I'll, I'll talk to him about how stand up comedy is just like a sermon and I'll feel like I'm breaking through in his language and then, um, and then it's just, we'll all disappear. And then he writes me a letter about my salvation. And then I go, oh, I'm never going to like. I'm never going to get through to you. I'm never no. going to change It you. never feels like him and I are growing. Every time we grow, it seems like he recluses back. And we, go, we wind up right back where we started. There's no continuous growth. And because the moment I think we're close, he, you know, like brings up something like that and He's just so far deep in his religion. We believe such different things. I, I can't be myself around him without him shaming me. Oh, when my I, God. Yeah, my father, when I came out about, before the Me Too movement, I came out about, I, I love how I say before the Me Too movement, so She's I can like, take pride in, like, I started that shit, bitch. Yeah, you did, yeah. bitch. Yeah, I did. And so <laughs> I had a I had an incident, and um, I posted about it on Facebook, like, pretty aggressively. Was that with the comic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2016, I had an incident with a comedian, and uh, and I was a virgin, and and it was such a it's Bill Cosby. Thing. What it was Bill Cosby, and and so it okay. was cool. I thought I was gonna you get a virgin. Like, yeah, it was really sad. It was sad. Not a, not a fun way to not a fun way. Yeah, especially when you're like 22 and you've been saving this thing. I mean, this is a whole other day, but it was like uh, when you're a Christian, your whole identity is your purity, and so to have that it, it was sad i mean like to taint comedy in such a way that was such a safe place for me and like it was just Whoa. oh it's just not fun uh how long had you been in comedy uh maybe two years two years yeah it's fresh you know i was a cutie was 2016 yeah 2020 20 no it would have been okay that happened in 2016 yeah it might have been 2015 or 16 okay. i don't remember but i was um, like are you just about to pretend that you started me too and you didn't and it was actually after and no it was uh, literally before <laughs> i promise and okay um, okay sorry go on so yeah that you, you posted about it on facebook yeah i'm like trying to breathe through this because okay. i'm like because i hate Hmm, interesting. It's like I feel like I'm trying to protect some people in the comedy scene or something when I talk about it. But um well, here's what I'll say. I'm like Barbara Walters, we can take a break. Yeah, no, you no, can no, no, yeah. no, but I also yeah. I don't think a lot of comedians not saying yeah. to share what you don't want to yeah. share, but just uh I don't think a lot of comedians listen to this podcast great 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 and also i've already talked about it so my whole thing is my problem is you wonder if you can relate to this you have um dark things in you in your life and i went through a phase where you share too much because you think it makes you special yeah you think it makes you valid that you have a story and i feel like i've stepped away from that and i've gone i'm i'm really lucky that my trauma is not as worse like some people just have really hard lives i've yeah. lived a very privileged life and so i try to be very like 
um, uh, selective with how I talk about things and make sure I don't overshare traumas by throwing them up on people. So like whatever, but the, so I guess the, per and knowing the reason why you share. Okay. So I guess the reason why I share this specific moment that happened when, and this really traumatic. And I think this moment happened because I did not have the proper education of sex mm -hmm. to, to know what was happening. Cause it okay. took me like a year to put words around it. And I carried the shame of it. Anyway, oh my God. father, when he read this on Facebook, yeah, messaged me and um he said you shouldn't have been in the bar like he goes what were you doing drinking out in these places so my father you just hit your tooth just against my the microphone, tooth against the microphone. That's fucking hurts. so shocked it's okay worse. that's that's trauma <laughs> and so so to have my dad read this graphic this graphic Holy description shit. that i posted trying to get this guy out of the comedy scene by, and I was strategic to not say his name to make sure I couldn't get sued or something, but he needed to go because he hurt another one of our friends. So to have my dad then kind of like a little slut shame me for oh this. Oh my God. And, and when, with my dad's background to be exactly, oh, it's so that is a psychopath. No offense. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little nuts. Yeah. And so there's been several moments in my life where I feel like my dad has judged my behavior. Yeah. And I go, you're judging my behavior? Yeah. It's just like really bizarre. He's in such denial. He's so like, yeah. Is he a narcissist? Are we aware Is of what his... Is my dad a narcissist? Mental. I don't... He's not a good one. I feel like so, um, he's so... Wait, you have to talk into the mic. I have to talk into the mic. Sorry, thank you. Gloss on no, I don't care. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Is my dad a narcissist? No. Um, I always feel like narcissists are more sexy. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's really. Is that not true? Is that not a fact? No. Nope, I thought I read that in my diary. <laughs> okay. Well, you I did a narcissist, and he was sexy. That's he was one. Sicilian. He brought in charcuterie boards into bed. He was like, that's amazing. Yeah, he drove a Porsche. Like he was sexy. My okay. dad's not sexy. Okay, that is one <laughs> narcissist. That is one. <laughs> narcissist. I, I, I wanted to do a joke <laughs> recently, and I was like, I wanted to be on stage and be like, hey guys, yeah. So I mean, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. Like I, I broke up with him recently, which is crazy. Did you know that you can do that? I mean, it's just like uh, we stopped having sex. I mean, <laughs> when you know, you know, you know, you gotta go. <laughs> when the, when the <laughs> only if you break up that he's a sex addict. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, just kidding. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, Wait. Okay. Okay. We don't know if I can't diagnose him. Also, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I always think I'm a fucking therapist. I'm like, okay, so let's go back, and that's what you're doing. I'm like, is this annoying to listen to me do that? But I guess I'm just trying to think like, how is he so not aware that he's like he does that? He's shaming you. He's the predator. He is that guy who you had to call out like that's crazy yeah it's um denial denial yeah shame uh i i, I don't i don't think he likes saying I, I i think he just maybe has exhausted his sorries and he i don't know wow wow okay jesus christ so so that happened in 20 let's say 15 and then you still were talking to him oh yeah continued <sighs> i mean and i'll ignore his texts here and there it's like an annoying he's like a 
Oh, so sad. It's like he's like an like an ex-boyfriend or something or a guy that's mm-hmm. into you. That's kind of what it's like, actually. A guy that has a crush on you that you're not into at all. That's mm-hmm. kind of how um, I felt with my dad for the past 10 years. Listen, the fact that you say that because I'm like with my dad when I'm like, oh, I was just dating guys to uh, like basically I'm like, oh, I know how to maneuver players because I had to maneuver my dad. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's just the normal. Th- yeah. It just teaches us stuff. Yeah. That fucked oh, up, yeah. Like I can smile and be so pleasant and I can make you think that like I'm having a great time. And that yeah. is I don't want that skill. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I would like to like not be at this like I would like to not have sushi with you. Yes. I'd rather eat like in and out in the back of a car with a guy that's like cool and like I can actually be myself and like be trashy with. Like I don't yeah. know what like 10 now I have to like undo 10 years of like being core and like also my dad just like coercing me like do you want to we should hang out we should hang out we should hang out we should hang out can we grab coffee can we go here can we go and eventually you're like yeah sure Thursday at five is great yeah and then you do it and then you're just like this is exhausting and then he has like a great time uh, so you're doing it for him because yeah because we don't want to hurt our parents feelings but yeah. then we're hurting ourselves along the yes, way and i'm doing it all for him and he has no idea how miserable i am yes because i can't the thing is my mom and I, the reason why my mom and i are so close is because she has had to listen to me bitch and moan forever like i have like just chewed my mom out for things and then we've worked through it and she's a and some of it she's deserved and some of it she hasn't. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, but you know what? That my mom deserves my phone calls. Like yes. when I'm with my mom, I want to hang out with her for hours. Yeah. And sometimes she does drive me crazy and sometimes I hurt her feelings. But my dad has not deserved that relationship. Yes. And so he's yes. so excited for the time. Like, but he's just like, it's like he's clocking hours. Like he's so excited. He's just like soaking me up as much as possible. And you're like draining you, me dry. That you don't deserve me thing is yes that is a huge huge thing and so this is what's interesting is that like you have your dad in your life but you don't have like a genuine dad stereotypical dad in your life he's not giving you any dad qualities instead you're just hanging out with someone that you don't want to hang out with and you have to be fake around which is exhausting he's just a man that i could like sometimes get lunches and some cash out of like oh that's good you're getting some cash oh well sometimes i mean you know it's nice you know it's nice yeah okay yeah that's and this is where the question comes in later but like that's yeah that's exhausting so then it's like it's it's even that's where i think it can be more of a mind fuck because you're like he's around i mean i don't know but he's around but you're not not getting buckets of cash i don't want people to think i'm like drowning in buckets of cash well i mean you are paying to be here (laughs) everyone's like okay trauma dama like you got money it's fine (laughs) um but yeah to to have to just and then realize your relationship is so surface and it's just for him and it would probably be better if he if you could talk about things and if he didn't shame you but you can't even be yourself no because when i do there's backlash so when i've tried and i feel like so much of our relationship i have tried to progress it and then he puts his religion on me and i am so i'm like if you i was trained to be a salesman for god like i i evangelized i i brought people to the lord i laid hands on people led them through the prayer to receive jesus like you know and like whether those were good experiences or i'm so sorry to all those people i am i am a literally a trained evangelist i was trained to find the darkness and the hole in your heart and i was supposed to then manipulate you into 
convincing you that Jesus was the way. And I believed it with all my heart that I was helping you. Wow. So I know these tactics. So to, for my father, when any religion tries to start doing this to me, I get so triggered. And yeah. like when anyone tries to sell me something, I go, as a salesman, please stop. I see what you're doing. Wow. So I can be very like overly aggressive about it. Good. So that's why with my dad, when he starts going into it, yeah, I'm like, dad, you're not listening because salesmen you're well uh, a bad salesman is listening to manipulate the conversation the way they want it to go yes they aren't actually hearing you yes yes yeah. yes 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 they're yes. they're listening for a hoping to find the answer that they want this is wild oh yeah i also forgot i had those other things i had to ask you yeah. okay okay so then is there anything in the middle that we're missing that you that is key to this storyline or can we cut to we can cut cutting? to the call because okay. it's really just repetition repetition okay. at that okay. point okay and um and then uh i had like three relationships i was like kind of like doing this like poly thing and i had three relationships kind of blow up in my face and they all kind of reminded me of my father okay. and i just my heart was like literally i was so just broken for also myself like yeah. i was like i deserve like better than this i deserve to be cared for and have like a nurturing partner is this so freaking hard why is this so hard for me and um i so i called up my dad one day i was like ignoring his calls for a long time we spoke for an hour and a half which is a long long time yeah to speak to my dad and i basically said like i said everything i've ever wanted to say oh my god that's amazing i said i am trying to have normal relationships with men and i can't because of you I just wish I was normal, but I'm not. And it's, and I feel like it's your fault. And like, it's just like, I, I literally just like laid it down and, and he said he was sorry and he teared up. And then I listened to him talk about why he did what he did probably for a little too long. I, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's really hard. Like if you ever want to hear about your dad's um, sexual journey, yeah, just ask and see if he tells you from the beginning to the end. Oh my God. But he's very, um, it's really sad because I still is much work quote unquote he, that he's done as much and as many meetings he's gone to. I still see the blame like in, and like he's blaming other people. Yeah. I still feel it from him. And so that is emotionally exhausting to hear and tragic. Like he yes. still blames my mom for certain things and I get it. And my mom will own it. She'll be like, yes, I messed up too. Like da, da, da. But it's just exhausting. So it was a really, um, and I, I ended the conversation with like, dad, this isn't because everyone was always like, forgive your dad. Don't let the, the sun set on your anger. I think this is like a parable of sorts, a, okay. a saying some people say. But no, you can't forgive somebody in 24 hours. Let the sun fucking set. Yeah. Let many suns set. Why don't you think about how to forgive this person? And when you forgive them, you set boundaries. Just because you forgive someone, you don't ignore her. Yes. Yeah. You could forgive someone and not have them in your life anymore. Exactly. And I yes. can still, so I just don't think I ever understood. Like I have done a thousand like go to summer camp, call my dad up crying and forgive him again. Like I, and my dad goes, thank you. It feels so sweetie princess. So glad that like you're, uh, oh, you know, and uh, so glad that thank you so much. And it's like me doing the work and I'm like 17. Yeah. Like, you're like, you do the work. Yeah. And so, uh, and now, so this is, I told my dad, I was like, this is going to be the first time that I'm going to not answer your calls and I will not take text you back. 
And I'm doing this because I actually love you. Because if I didn't love you, it wouldn't hurt this bad. And he still texted me a few times no. and called. <laughs> yeah. He like texted me right after the phone call. I was like, you are totally a, like my ex. You're a bad ex. Yeah, you are. Because I said, don't, don't. He's like, so if I text you right after, he made a joke. And I was like, yeah, don't do that. And we have the phone and he like sent me a kissy face. And I was no. like, I just asked you to not do that. My dad doesn't understand boundaries. My yeah. dad doesn't understand um clearly so yeah so he still has my christmas presents and um he's asked to like drop them off and i just ignore are they normally good presents god i think i have a good one right now oh god well, can you give it to a sibling uh, yeah i might um, maybe i'll ask my sibling to get it. i think he got me like one of those like um those lights that you hold when you take a picture of somebody like those oh, light yeah, rods yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. like just off the six has yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do okay i don't I, that's an okay press do you really want i kind of yeah, want that into photography. yeah yeah like, damn like, it Okay, well, he can ship it. He he offered, but I didn't. I just didn't want to respond at all. Oh God! So how? Oh my God! So how long is this a closure? Like, is this a like you don't want to talk to him right now, or you're gonna wait till you're in a healthy relationship and then you God. can open the doors? Do you have a plan? No. Or you were just like I'm I, out for a bit. It's like when I stopped drinking for like a month or two. It's like right now. It's like a social experiment of like, I just feel like I cannot have a normal relationship with a man when I talk to my dad. Yes. I just, exactly. I just like, it's continues to train me to like be just like pleasant and non communicative. Even now, like I like this guy and I, I'm not saying my needs. I'm not expressing myself. I'm just, and it bugs me so much. I don't know how to get out of it. Like yeah. my dad is such a bad influence of that. Like old time post world war two. Wait, talking to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> my dad. Yeah. My, my grandfather didn't talk about anything either. You know? Yeah, I think you just have to rip the cord and to say your needs and say what it is. Oh, it's so because the, here's hard. the thing: like the thing, I the difference is your dad. It's okay if you get lip gloss on it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. No, this the, hair like, stuck on my mouth. But like rock stars use that. It's my boyfriend. So like, oh really? This is cool. Can yeah. I lick it? Yeah, you can lick okay, it. Okay, cool. I'm looking Sorry, for a man, man out there. Sorry, man. Um, the difference is, uh, when you have said your needs to your dad or your vulnerabilities. He turns to God and he says, well, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't, he's never left you. He just says, it's God. It's this, it's that. Yeah. So for you to say your needs to whoever you're dating right now or the things you want to say, um, my fear, me personally, and I think a lot of women would be like, oh, I'm scared if I say this, they will leave. Right. But if you break it down, your dad never left. He just wanted to deflect and come up with an excuse and a solution. Mm. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm like, maybe try saying your needs. And that guy, I can promise you, is not going to say turn to God. Yeah, right. No. You know? Well, or like it's just the shaming when they have dated narcissists, they turn around on you and they use it as a weapon right. against you. However, but it'd be good to nip it in the butt if he does do I that. I know. It's just, I know. It's hard. Listen, it's I'm so not saying. Because yeah. as a woman too, you're like, am I being too clingy? Like, am I? Bleh. Yeah, that's where you got to ask your girlfriends or guy friends. That's where you got to just ask oh your friends. Gosh, I'm in a spiral. You can, yeah. We can talk about this after the podcast it, yeah. and I'll tell you. Because I do like, yeah. yeah, that's when you're like, oh no. that You got to just ask an opinion. <sighs> I know. But it does, it is like, I can imagine. Because you're like, every time you try to express yourself to your dad, he just sucks. So now you're just yeah. like not talking. Yeah. And you'll see how it goes. And maybe you'll talk again. But definitely, we'll definitely talk again. It's just, 
it's just like a sad r- a realization of like I don't know if like I ever want like if I have a kid like that kid's never spending it the night at my father's house and like knowing that is just um it's just sad because yeah. it's just uh that shouldn't be the normal yeah but you it's it's sad that there's no trust yeah mm-hmm. fuck but then your stepdad was good guy great guy so has Amazing. that balanced anything out to help find better guys yeah i mean the way uh my mother found love in her 60s uh they cute uh yeah they're adorable and um he's great because um oh so he came out later later okay uh, so you didn't grow up i was in oh, college oh yeah. that's different so Mine i didn't grow up I, I my house was empty my mom okay was dating guys on like the weekends not floozy lee yeah but um my mom was very absent she was getting her phd working full-time and dating guys on the weekend i mean come yeah. on my mom was living her life yeah no for sure yeah. i just i okay that makes sense because yeah. i thought that he was around but he wasn't so that's no. cool okay yeah. so then before i get into the cult stuff what do you think like because if you listen to matt's episode like would would you rather this isn't saying he's going to be die or anything yeah but when we like assess the two kinds of dads like the ones that aren't around and then the ones that um are and yeah. absent and it's hard when they're not around that's hurtful but then yeah. the perk is you get used to it and that becomes the norm and you don't have someone coming in and like getting hurt because for me i'm like my dad was gone like we weren't really in touch he was he was in touch sending me presents Mm -hmm. the best as we know um but now that he's back and we're working on stuff and like you know it's fucking hurtful so now it it hurts so i'm like god what would i what what's easier so in your situation what do you think would be easier to not have what's worse would you rather the dad not around or the dad there and sucking dude i mean it's so complicated because cutting it out feels like the easy solution yeah because then it's like oh well if we just cut out anything painful like i'm sure a 10-year relationship gets painful yeah my relationship with my mom has gotten really painful but it's like sometimes the painful things are the best things in our life yeah so i guess i always hope that my dad and i would (laughs) so sad i guess i always hoped that we would turn around Uh but it's been the 10 years and like it hasn't so i am i don't have an answer for you but i will say this i have sometimes wish that my father wasn't around so I could actually come out with a badass one woman show and talk all about it. Yeah. Cause like if my dad wasn't around, yeah, I would talk about all the details of what things. he did. Yeah. And I would share it in my art, but I feel like I have to carry his shame for him. So it, disturbs my full story so i selfishly wish that he could be disconnected from me so i could which is terrible no no you're not saying you wish he's yeah. dead you yeah. just wish he was disconnected i wish from he was you. disconnected so i had the freedom to like talk about my story and not have to hide behind his shame like my mom did for over 20 years but then if he if he like you're worried about the churches and all of them knowing this story and that's just you protecting him and you your mom did that and you watched her be angry so what is it like are you afraid of the churches finding out and feeling bad for him for finding out or why do you feel all of a sudden like you need to protect it i feel i feel like um because it's just how we were raised yeah to, and when you're in high school um and people ask you why your parents got divorced you can't 
say this stuff. Yeah. It's not very cool. Yeah. It's not very sexy. <laughs> like affairs, sexy. Dad had a drinking problem. Dad left for like, yeah, big titty neighbor. Like that's, you know, <laughs> people understand that. Yeah. They don't make movies about my father, really. You know? Yeah. So it's like less of, I'm not saying those are like, I remember in high school, I was like, mom, I wish dad was just like a normal drug addict. <laughs> That's like a whole other pain <laughs> and sadness on its own, well, right? I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying people aren't really well versed in like, in like what this unique situation, yes. right? So I forget what your question my was. Quest, well, my question was, why do you feel like you still have to protect him when everybody did for so long? And like, I don't know, I kind of am like. I'm very vengeful though. So like, don't take my advice, but I'm, I'm like, well, not vengeful towards my dad, but I'm just very much like, well, I'm, well, if you did that, then I'm going to do this, which isn't healthy, but I'm kind of like, he didn't protect you and he acted selfishly. So why do you feel like you can't act selfishly now? And just like, who cares if they find out that's your fucking career and that's your story and that's your pain. I know. I do it. I do it slowly. Okay. Um, I just, yeah, I'm wondering, like, why, if if the church is found out, then he's like, oh, God. Right. It's more of, um, if you've ever been in a gaslighty relationship, there's always this fear that you're wrong. Okay. Like, when I came out about potentially getting assaulted by peoples, there is a tiny voice in the back of your head that goes, what if you oh. fucking over-exaggerate? Totally. And then you just ruin this guy's life or his reputation because I was a little O2 sensitive. Yes. So a part of me, I'm very careful to not be too over-dramatic or, t- or, or um, elaborate the truth for the sake of my fame or something right Right. like i would i would would hope that like any story that adds to like me or like any way that i can help somebody uh get through something is all done out of truth and honesty and respect and like i think you're right i think i am protecting my dad too much i think i'm just not ready yet i haven't healed enough yeah speak to um like you're not appropriately talk about these things yeah and if i did just start like i it could be very disrespectful like yes. to, I would want to do it with like the utmost respect. It's like when I first came out of the church, when I was uh, like 23, mm-hmm. people were like, why are you talking about God on stage? I was like, I was angry. I just lost my faith. Do you know what yeah. that's like? It takes someone seven years to transfer from one faith to another to convert. There's so much thoughts going on the brain deconstructing. Like, so I was not ready. I was too angry to talk about that on stage. I'm only talking about like, being a Christian and all that stuff now because I'm like more healed. So I can, I can now meet audiences that are Christian and not Christian because I have found a balanced opinion. That's yeah. like not so like, okay, is she okay? Cause we all know when comedians make jokes, you're like, Oh, you're not ready to talk about that yet. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to like working on this now with my dad and working through these issues and how to strategize. So in like four years mm-hmm. probably we'll be able to like, talk about okay this fully <laughs> blown away i mean you're so i just wanted to be like hey don't protect him because yeah, I'm, no. I'm a little bitch no yeah i love that <laughs> and you, you, i've also learned like sometimes you share information with people and it's not safe not like you're yes, not safe, yes, yes, yes yes but yes, the yes. information feels like it's scary i've shared inf- this information with guys that i've dated or i shared it too early on and they just didn't think it was a big deal and then that like 
hurts you, you. It crushes you because then you're like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like, you know, so it's like sometimes you got to be like I'm all for people who are listening, like share. I, I'm all about like sharing to to um, break through shame yes. and break down walls and show that you are not alone. None of us are alone, but also be very selective with who yeah. you share this with, because oversharing can hurt you and people can use that against you. Right. So. Yeah. And, and just some people don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then how did you um how did you almost join a cult? Oh, it's so funny. I mean, I was um 17, senior in high school. I was like just doing in the normal amount of like tequila shots and weed smoking and cool. I thought that God was going to take my salvation away forever, so mm-hmm. I laid down on my carpet super high and I recommitted my life to Jesus again, which I've done several times. And then I found a group um my youth leader, which is uh like kids go to like an after school yeah. kind of like Bible study, right? Like yeah. midweek, super cool. Yeah, pool tables, really full tables, wow. foos tables, cute boys. You know, oh. you hang out in beanbag chairs and oh. it's cute. It's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's tight. All right, I, I hung out at a rec center. Oh yeah, yeah, that seems okay. So just imagine like a speech going on though, okay. in the middle. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like maybe some worship music or something. Oh, cool. I always loved worship music. I oh, thought it was fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> as an adult, I realized I was like, oh, I think I was orgasming frequently throughout worship. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> you can't touch yourself. It's like inappropriate. <laughs> so you have to learn how to come without touching yourself. <laughs> what a challenge. Yeah. You're talented. I, I'm really talented now. <laughs> People are like, wow, it's so cool you can do that. I'm like, years of mind fucking. <laughs> and guilt and shame. So, yeah, so I started going to this group that met every day in Lake Forest in Orange County. And um, I just started going every day. Everyone was really cool there. The guys were hot. That really helps. Okay. Yeah. I like chopped off my hair because I thought it was too sexual. Uh, like in youth group like well now at this point a lot of these people were graduated from high school kind of in college so it was like a cool age range of these really extreme christians that were like they were rebelling against the mega churches that were like the youth leaders would be like don't have sex but then they would like sleep with their girlfriends and then they'd be like don't party but they would have parties and drink so we were like the real christians and so we would go out and protest Harry Potter premieres and like <laughs> oh. with the women, we would go to Hooters and like build relationships with the waitresses and like, yeah, cause they really need Jesus, you know, oh. I'd order the fried pickles and be like, come on Wednesday, you know? Oh and so my God. Yeah. I started, um, meeting with them like every day. And, uh, anyway, one of the guys, his name is Brandon. He was like the hottest one. He gave up like the, the Navy SEALs to stay at this church uh, I told everybody I gave up like a full scholarship to college. I woke my mom up at four o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm not going. I'm s- Jesus no. is telling me to stay at this group. And my mom would like my mom never gave me a curfew in high school because she couldn't. I don't know. Like, yeah, she, it was hard for her to keep tabs on me. But when I started going to this church, I got a I got a curfew because I would come home at like three, four in the morning from Whoa. fellowship night of us debating. Um, yeah, different. Uh, it's funny. I've talked about this so much, but it's like it's funny because it was such a huge part of my life. Like. And so basically, like, the pastor's right-hand man had a had a dream that God said that if Emily didn't go to college, you should marry her. And I, I didn't even talk to men one-on-one at the time. It was very, like, scandalous for us even to be talking. I was very strict. I can be very extreme. I come from very okay. big extremes. Yeah. 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 And then, but then, what, how did you get out of it? He um, slowly fell in love with my mentor, 
my best friend oh and no. and she was engaged to the pastor and the four of us were kind of leading 30 people <laughs> i can't dude it this was it was like so a reality show someone should have made a church reality show over this one time him and i made out like so hard we decided to fast from touching for a week no and then after seven days we made out even harder dude we made out uh. so hard oh but how so did you, okay, this is so <laughs> s- disgusting. Okay, how is this, how, so it was a cult, like it well, was a cult? no, because like, well, here's the thing, it was like the, 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 it wanted to be a cult. Right. It was starting to be something. Got you. Yeah. Okay. We and were then tight, dude. I was 18 and like leading people and like mentoring women in their 40s. Yo, if women have to listen to eighteen-year-olds, yeah, man, they gotta get help somewhere else. I know it's really bad. I I need to apologize to so many people. Oh my god, I really do. Yeah. And then, how did you almost get married when you were eighteen? So yeah, I mean that guy and I. I mean, we really were only engaged for like three months, and then he um he lovingly got out of the relationship i believe it's called breaking up yeah he broke up with me um (laughs) but before i could tell that he was gonna break up with me so i decided this is how extreme i am this is so emily i go okay brandon i i feel like you need space so let's take three weeks and not speak and i'm gonna pray every day and see if this is what god wants for us and he was like okay so every day i woke up and i ran and i started at a half a mile and by the end of three weeks i was at five miles and i was like praying every day in my journal and like god is like brandon the man that i'm supposed to be with because i was trained i wrote letters to my future husband like when i was a child like that was something that i was like assigned to do like this was encouraged my whole identity was like giving my purity to the man i was going to marry and like being a wife and like i thought i could either be like a preschool teacher or a pastor's wife or like a teacher or a psychologist maybe um or a teacher and so um (laughs) these were the jobs that's why i'm so upset now i'm like trying to find i i just didn't even know i was supposed to have a career like i didn't know i thought jesus was coming back it's like all bullshit oh my god you were like the world's gonna change i thought like jesus was gonna take me away for a while in my life i thought god was gonna call me to like be a martyr for him so i was gonna die for the lord uh that was a reality for a while yeah so people were like i'm just like happy to be here like you know (laughs) yeah i didn't think life life is like kind of like ooh, this is exciting like i didn't think i could ever travel get tattoos or like i thought i'd do all that in heaven you know so whoa and when he did he propose to you when you were 18 um he kind of like it was kind of like a given yeah yeah it was very sweet it was very innocent like he asked my parents both individually like if he could have my hand you know and um uh my par- my family was terrified. They were yeah. like, "We're Christians, and this is like crazy." Like I was kind of crazy. Like I wouldn't even listen to all worship music. Like some worship music wasn't godly enough for me. I wouldn't watch TV. If you had the TV on right now, I'd be facing away. Like I was very pretentious. Oh, yeah, I was my very God. hardcore for like eight months. And so when Brandon then fell in love with my best friend, and the, they two left the church, the pastor and I were so embarrassed because we told everybody that God like told us all to get married to each other and we were leading everybody so it was kind of led to this wonderful um recant the pastor stood in front of everybody and apologized and said that he was being legalistic which is a term that you are basing your faith too much on rules and not enough on love and so we kind of the church fell apart which is kind of great whoa so together we all kind of like fell apart together we would still meet but wow and then when did you get out of the religion 
Um, I mean, I was still in Christianity. Again, there's so many different variations. Yeah. So some, I mean, some Christian churches allow trans pastors. So I don't want to like, I'm not like talking shit on all. Yeah. But I, I went to college then and I still remained a Christian for another four or five years. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. here she here is. Here I am. Thanks, Daddy. Thank you, Dad, for this religion that you blessed me with. <laughs> really cool. Loved it. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. It's been a journey. Thanks, Dad, for, uh, yeah, just uh, bringing me along for the ride and yeah. not doing up your own seatbelt. The problem, <laughs> the problem with religion is, like, my father, he was he claimed to be an addict, and then a bunch of addicts created a church and then called it God's Law. So, so I was raised in like a rehab. And so, so that, that's the, the bitterness I have also towards my dad that like, we grew up in such like a weirdly thinking home that didn't encourage like questions or like intellectual discovery. It was all shame and no and don't and secrets. Yo. And be a good little girl for daddy. Oh my God. (laughs) You got to stop being a good little girl. I know. I want to be a bad girl. Yeah. (laughs) You got to not be so polite. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm exhausted. All right. Well, you can take a nap on the sexy (laughs) couch. Oh my God. Do you want to, um, do you have anything to plug? Do you have yeah, anything you want to yeah. plug? If you want to see like my <laughs> ass on Instagram, you can follow at Emily Browntown for all my excursions. I run a monthly show uh, called The Saucy Show in L.A., which Nikki Nikki it's did. It's so the other good. Night. It's monthly is generous. It's probably every other month, but stay it's tuned. So, so Saucy Show. And she's really funny on Instagram. Yeah. I love your. Oh, thanks. I, I also have a script consulting company if you want to like talk story. I started that probably a year ago. I didn't know you had that. Yeah, it's called Drafties. It's a virtual online bar. Uh, and you all the scripts, like consulting packages are cocktails. And it's called Drafties Bar. Whoa. Yeah, you can check it out on my Instagram as well. So I didn't know you did fun. that. Oh, absolutely. I was a personal assistant for like Showtime, CBS, and creative producers. And like, oh, you know, I know. I left during the middle of the pandemic because it was got very Devil, Devil Wears Prada for a second. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take a break. And now you're yeah. doing that. That's yeah. crazy. Well, yeah. I want to check out draft. I oh, go my God. Bar. Drafties. Yeah, it's super cute. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Mm. Well, uh, I'm going to follow up on this. Yeah. I want to check back in three months and see if oh, you talk shoot. to them. Yeah. And what you do with your boundaries with men. Yeah. That I'm interested, too. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> And there it is. I'm going to tell you guys, I admire Emily for sharing the story and also having the balls to cut that shit off, especially with him sending her a little kissy face after she was like, don't contact me. That is a mind fuck. That is just next level. I don't even know if it's manipulation. But listen, I'm going to stop giving my two cents. I feel like I was giving (laughs) so much unsolicited advice and therapy that I am not trained in. But I love to help people, you know. But maybe I should take it back a little bit. I, I just can't believe I didn't even know 
that this was Emily's past and this is what she was going through. I've been at shows with her, had no idea. I knew that she had a conflict with her dad and I knew that he had been in jail, but I didn't know the whole story. And then when I hear this, I'm like, Jesus Christ, no idea that she was religious, none whatsoever. And that is what makes a powerful female human to just have all this baggage and have no idea. What a grounded person. But I'm definitely going to bring Emily back in a couple of months and see where she's at with her dad in the process. What's changed? Maybe things have gotten better with guys. We need a follow up with her. We also need a follow up with Matt. So I'll be bringing these people back in a few months to just see uh, how their pain tolerance is. And next episode, I will have another friend with daddy issues. But listen, you don't have to be my friend. You don't have to be a comic. If you have parental issues, DM me because I want to talk to everybody. I just find hearing their stories and, you know, everybody's experiences just helps others and uh, sure does help me as I go through this no talking phase with my dad. So DM me at Nikki Bon on Instagram, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-N, or we do have a Woe Dad Instagram, Woe Dad podcast, which I need to be more up to date with. Or follow us, patreon.com slash Nikki Bond, where I'm going to be putting up the videos of all these peeps. And thank you once again for sticking with me while I don't talk to my dad and hanging in there until we get back on track.